Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. Good, happy, is it Thursday? What is today? Thursday. It's Thursday. It felt, it felt like Friday all day, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, kind of did. It felt like Friday. It's actually uh, Thursday, May 17th, but it was the last day of school. Woohoo! So when it's the last day of school, it just feels like Friday. Yeah. I had some great moments today. Did you tell me about them? Uh, one of the moments was just walking down the street, going to the new coffee shop. Yeah. And it was, wasn't even hot outside. It was still kind of early, I guess. And the sun was shining and the sky was blue. And I thought, what a great life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see skies blue. <laughs> <laughs> I think to myself, what a wonderful world. That's what I was doing. I was thinking to myself, yeah. what a wonderful life, really. Yeah. This world, y'all, it's depraved, y'all. It's not wonderful. It's bad. <laughs> it is bad, bad, bad. Everywhere you go, people are sinning. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, so that was, a, that was a great moment. Uh, I had those flautas over at Neary's and Graham tonight. You remember when you had those once? No. They were sort of like a little fried flauta. Were they good? Yeah, they were good. You enjoyed them the last time you had them. You just weren't able to eat very many of them. Why? I don't know. You just said I'm full. I don't even remotely remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got a... St- a, a thunderstorm just really tearing it up outside, don't we? Yeah, we do. It is storming and thundering and lightning real bad. So we don't, so, you know, we live in Texas where there are storms every spring. It gets stormy and we don't have a cellar or mm. a basement. Nobody has basements in Texas, really. Not really. And um, we have these friends right down the street who have this enormous cellar. And when it gets really bad, then they call everybody and they say, hey, it's time to come to the cellar. And then it's like a party in the cellar. The whole town is down there. Kids got their iPads out. That's so fun. Their iPods and everybody else is just watching the storm. Our friend who owns the cellar, she has it stocked with board games and snacks. It's just awesome down there. Yeah. It's a nice cellar. It is so nice. Yeah, very nice. So hopefully we don't have to go there tonight. Yeah. I think this is going to blow over. You do? I, t- I have a feeling. Have you looked at any radars or... Just going off my gut. Yeah, yeah. Think, do you think... That, old, you, have that you, old Chad Edgington gut. Have you looked at a radar? I've looked at radars. What did you see? I don't know. There's a lot of red, but there are no warnings or anything. No. Or there weren't the last time I looked. Yeah. So we're we're going to try to get through this podcast and upload it before the power goes out. Yeah. All right, so... Um, so how was your day? What did you do? You picked the kids up from school? Today was a great day. So I went and painted with my friend, Carolyn, my 83-year-old buddy who teaches me your how to paint. Your art teacher. And I went to SARS Awards ceremony at school, and I went to the new coffee shop twice today. Mm. And then we took some of our friends' kids to the park. Then we came back here and the kids played. Then we went to Graham for dance. Then we came back to Olney for a movie night in the park, which was really fun. And then it got how far through the movie had they gotten before they said everybody has to go home because of lightning? Mm, 
maybe halfway. I wasn't watching the movie at all. I was talking. I cannot watch that movie. To me, it's just cartoon cows talking. Ferdinand, that's the one. Yeah. I just, I can't get into it. Although there is some funny voices in it. I've never seen it. I've seen a little bit of it. Anyway, it was a really, hey, it was a great day to be from Olney, Texas. Whoa. I don't know if y'all heard that. I wonder if that registers on the podcast. I don't know, but it scared me a little bit. Maybe jump. <laughs> Did you jump when it went? When it, no. I jumped a little bit. It's loud thunder. Yeah, it was a great day to be in Olney, and then if we can get some rain tonight, it'll be even better. So that would be awesome. So today I tried a coffee drink. They gave me a little sample. Of what? Of the hometown. Oh, when I was sitting there with you? The hometown mocha. Yeah. Did you like coffee? It was delicious. It's good. It did not taste like coffee. Yeah, because it, it was loaded with sugar. It was just like drinking a dessert. Yeah, it's like a, it's like pie. Yeah. I had the chai tea latte, and there's no telling how much sugar was in that. But there's something there called a, a white something, I forget. Anyway, um, Emerald's teacher told me that it tastes like drinking one of those sugar cookies from Walmart with the icing and the sprinkles. Oh, really? <laughs> and she had one of those yesterday, and she had one again today. Uh, well, the chai tea latte, uh, Lindsay Miller said, that that tastes like Christmas in your mouth. Yeah. And it's true. It uh, And I said, you know, when I drink a chai tea, and this one was blended and frozen, and, you know, we're just talking about that we're all hyped up because we have a coffee shop in town. It's awesome. And if you're from Olney, which some people from Olney listen to this, you should go down there and patronize it because it's going to be awesome. And if you get the chai tea latte, um, I mean, it is, uh, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like drinking potpourri. You said you were ready to go put up Christmas lights. Yeah, yeah, I just got excited. I wanted to go just put the tree up and listen to Bing Crosby. But yeah, it's like a, it's like a, that, that potpourri, you know, good smelling Christmas candle type, but it tastes good too. Yeah. It's like what you think that would taste like, but have you ever tried to eat potpourri? Never. Have you? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I just thought, that smells so good. It's got to <laughs> taste good. But it didn't. No, I was probably in junior high when I just I just thought, let's see what that, I put that, I remember that when everybody used to have bowls of potpourri, like on the back of their toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we would have, my mom would boil it. Like yeah. there would be like a hot potpourri. Yeah. And that's what I tried a little bit of, like a, as a tea or something. What do you listen to? I keep thinking I hear hail. I don't know. We have some friends who, this is a fun fact about some friends of ours. That has to do with they potpourri? Have, no, it's about the back of your toilet. Oh. <laughs> they have a candy dish in their bathroom. Right. And our kids love going to their house. Yeah. They keep um, Skittles in a candy dish in the bathroom. Is it a covered candy dish? Yeah, it's covered. Yeah. That's a key. <laughs> Yeah, it's key. Because everything I'm seeing now about fecal matter <laughs> is that the stuff is airborne. Yeah. So once it comes out of the donor. <laughs> uh, it, apparently, it's just all over the world. And, you know, it, everything is crawling. With, well, I don't want to Everything's think about crawling that. with poop. So, so if you've got the covered Skittles. And you wash your hands, then I think candy jar in the bathroom, great idea. I, I don't want to think about the world being covered in fecal matter. Yeah, like your toothbrush. Yeah. Deal with it. <laughs>
Look it up if you don't. If you guys don't believe me, I don't look up things like that because I don't want to know things like that. Well, I saw one like you know it ruins everything that poop because there's like that. <laughs> you know the the Dyson blade cleaner. I you, know I can't use those and anymore. You stick your hand in that at the Sam's, you know, and you dry your hands off. You're drying your hands with fecal matter. Well, they say it's they say it on the machine itself. It says it's the most sanitary way to dry your hands, and then. Then you read an article and it says other things covered in poop. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Who do you believe? I, I still use it just because I like <laughs> it. So what I do is I wash my hands, use the, the blade cleaner, then find somewhere get a couple squirts of a hand sanitizer. Yeah. Then you're good. You get best of both worlds. You get germs killed, and you get to have the Dyson blade hand drying system experience. Did you know that I saw that they have hair dryers? Dyson hair. A Dyson dryers. hair dryer. What is that like? What's it look like? It looks, you know, cool, like all their products. Like you just stick your head in it or... No, it looks like a dryer, but it's like, it's it's different. It's ions or something? I don't know. I, I don't know what all that It's supposed is. to dry your hair super fast. Oh, maybe you should get that. I don't know. It probably costs probably $800. Yeah, like $800 dryer. So anyway, where were we going with this line of conversation? We're just talking about our day. We're just, you know, we're just wrapping, you know, it's middle of the week, Thursday, um... You know, just trying to, you know, and I've got a request. If You know, I'm feeling kind of loose tonight. Uh, I have a request for, for listeners of this podcast. If you could um, share the love. I want you to curate the hate. I want you to stow and go. I want you to be there for us, though, that if you, if you could share the, the podcast with your friends. If, if you like it. If you, if you think it's terrible. Don't share it. Don't share it and have people just come on here and mock us. But if you if you say, you know, I think some of these things that Chad and Melissa are talking about are good for people, good for families, good for kids, yeah, good for marriages, then share it because, uh, you know, we we we're doing this every night, guys. Yeah. And we want more people to listen. <laughs> Just be honest here. Well, hey, by the way, we've got to give a shout out to Cindia Hammond. Cindia. Cindia. She's been sharing some of our podcasts. See, she's a good podcast she's listener. She's so supportive. And I wonder if these people, you know, what I do, I, Melissa said I'm totally, I'm kind of fascinated with the, with the, the analytics that the blog or that the uh, podcast site gives you. Yeah. And so I, I, I've, already, I've mentioned this before. I look up these IP addresses and I think, who are who are you? Like, who is listening to this? Um, I just wish, I wish we could all get together at, you know, a restaurant and talk and just enjoy the time. Me too. Because I'm so fascinated. Like, there's people in Canada listening in yeah. places that I've never even heard of. And then people in... Uh, Ohio and Indiana and uh, I'm trying to think of my geography. All 50 Illinois. states. Yeah, but I mean, there's, there's what's interested me is we, we seem to have a California, Texas, Virginia, and Ohio, you know, fan base. Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, mm. Illinois. And these areas right up in there. There's yeah. kind of a disproportionate amount of people listening compared to the rest of the country. And I think because there's somebody up there who's sharing our podcast. That's true. It's a sharer. Thank you. Thank you. Whoever California, you, Ohio, Virginia, Virginia, Texas. Thank you, Cindy. 
Thank you, Cindia Hammond. Yeah, see, I know Cindia's listening. That makes me feel good. It does me too. Yeah, I love Cindia. Cindia's got a heart for people, man. She Today I got a mean comment on my blog. You got the meanest comment that your mom has a blog has ever gotten today, I bet. Well, it's the first comment I've ever gotten that seemed kind of like a threat of bodily harm. It was scary. <laughs> so she, Melissa wrote the blog called God May Not Have a Wonderful Plan for Your Life. And sort of the the punchy turnaround on it is, but he does have a wonderful plan for your eternity. Like your life, you may endure temporary struggles. Right. You know, just the truth of... Uh, God. Kind of, God has a plan, and it may not be a plan that you like or that's pleasant or that's wonderful according to the world standards but what i'm trying to get across which that that post is one that just does not stop going i mean people read it every single day i wrote that probably three or four years ago yeah and um, you wrote it in 2013 oh it's five years old and um it gets a strong reaction from people on both sides. I've had so many people say, thank you so much for saying this because I want people to understand if you don't like the, if you don't like what has happened in your life and you don't like the things that have happened to you, that is not a wall between you and God. You don't have to like his plan for your life in order to love him. And so that was kind of the, the point of the post and um, anyway, today somebody left a comment and they said, which, you know, I I curate the comments. I curate the hate. You got to curate that hate. You're, you didn't put this one up, did you? I didn't. I, I, I post all comments on my blog unless they have profanity in them or if they're threatening. <laughs> yeah. Like but I, I post comments that disagree with me because I don't think it's intellectually honest to only post the people who agree with you. But this person commented and said, um, I would like to, what, what did, what did they say? Basically something like, I'd like to read the last two paragraphs of that post while poking you with a red hot iron stick. Or burning your body with a red body. hot yeah, iron yeah. stick or something. Something like that. It was like, it was like a medieval mm-hmm. torture and I'm reading your blog to you. Yeah, it was weird. And when I read that, I thought, you know, it's interesting because think of the martyrs, the people that were have died been burned because of their faith in christ at that moment they they could read those last two paragraphs that you wrote that says these are temporary afflictions and there's something wonderful ahead yeah trust god just trust god even through these last awful moments yeah and that's that's what they did but they've taught us how to think that way right so um backfire mean commenter that backfired on you well, that, that post a lot of times as it makes the rounds it will end up on um, like atheist message boards and, you know, people are passing it around because they disagree with it. Yeah. And that's usually when I get a wave of rude comments or comments filled with the F word, which I got another one of those yesterday, mm. um, of people who are just really disgusted by what I had to say. Yeah. But anyway, blogging is such a weird endeavor, yeah, you know? Yeah, but you You've done it for so long that I think you've learned how to just kind of not post that. And there's crazy people everywhere. You said what you wanted to say and move on. Yeah. So let's talk about tonight's topic. 31 for 31. This is day 17 of 31 things to teach your children. Hey, before long, we're going to be done with this. Then what happens after that? 
And then we go back to podcasting. Maybe. I think we should try to do once a week. Once or twice a week, yeah. If there's something important that we have to say. Maybe give a bonus episode every week. So, um, it will slow up. Because I know some of you guys are having a real hard time keeping up with it. So you're still back in the early 50s. And here we are on episode... Is this 65 or 6? Six? 65, I don't know. I don't know. I have to look it up. But yeah, so I know... It's, I think it's 66. I think so too. So, and, and people are still catching up in the early 50s. Hey, when we hit, when we hit episode 100, we're going to do something. We're going to do a big giveaway... Okay. We're going to do something big when we hit 100. Yeah. So. Anyway, okay, so tonight's topic. So, of course, we're doing 31 things to teach your kids in 31 days. Some of these are a little more lighthearted, and some of them are a little deeper on a spiritual level. Tonight's is teach your kids how to say, I'm sorry. Now, I have to say that Chad Edgington is the master of saying, I'm sorry. Do you really think that? I really do. Why do you say that? Because you're just you're quick to apologize and and try to make things right. Yeah. So, but so when when you that that's kind of um, kind of a backhanded compliment. Really? Yeah. Because if I'm always apologizing, which I am, there went the lights. Yikes. <laughs> uh, if if I'm always apologizing, then that just says I'm always wrong. I didn't say that. Well, it's true, though. No. I think you should talk to them about your theory about apologizing because you don't believe just in apologizing when you're wrong. Yeah, I, I apologize. I I even apologize when I'm not wrong. Exactly. It, it keeps peace. Yeah. It, it works. It works things out. Um, but in, and here's where I am trying to be on this. I mean, I, I I'm, I'm I'm not there. But um, is that I'm trying to be in this place where I'm not trying to prove anything or feel like I've got to take up for myself. You see what I mean? Yeah. Now, that's a hard place to be, and I'm not sure I ever quite get there. Um, but we've, we've looked at a couple of passages lately uh, in Sunday school. And when you read these things, this is a partic- in particular, let's look at Colossians chapter 3. As as God's, uh, this is verse 12, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. So any chance, forgiveness is, just saying you're sorry is a good way to make peace. And I know some people say, well, you shouldn't fall on your sword. You shouldn't say you're wrong if you're not wrong. But see, sometimes a lot of stuff just doesn't matter. And you should just say, you know what, if if I can just say I'm sorry and we can just move on down the road. Yeah. Towards things that are important, then say you're sorry. And and then, you know, I, I I'll, I've said before... I'm quick to sin, and when you're quick to sin like me, you need to be quick to apologize. Hmm. So uh, I've always tried to be, you know, quick to be able to say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And uh, 
I don't know how you teach that to kids necessarily, except you have to apologize to them when you, when you do something wrong. Right. I think that's exactly how you do it. So I try to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry a lot, because I think that really is important for people to know that you don't always just think you're right because you did something. Right. And that's really our problem. I, th- I think in the news, this has been a bad couple of weeks to be Southern Baptist. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like all of our people... Uh, at the top upper echelons, not all of them, but quite a few of them, you know, they're having to apologize for things all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, things are going wrong, and this, people are sinning. And, and that's because that's what happens with human beings. But one of the big frustrations people have with leadership, when, when a leader messes up, is they want the leader to say, you know what, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, and That's really hard for preachers to say they shouldn't have done something Usually for a preacher, because we run our mouths so much, our mouth runneth over, <laughs> but is that we, um, when someone comes up and says, I don't know if what you said was right. Mm. Well, you're tempted in that moment to double down on whatever it was you said. Yeah. You know? Um, and sometimes you say dumb things that when you hear them again, they don't make any sense. And so you should just say, you know, I should have said that. Yeah. And and re- when someone comes up and says, I don't know about this or that, you know, yeah, I probably don't. I shouldn't have really said that. You're probably right. They're like, what? what? <laughs> you know? We thought we were coming up here to fight with yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes even something that you've said is right. It might not even been the best thing to say. Right. It might have been wrong for the moment. So there's a mostly, mostly the fault is not going to lie with the listener. Whenever they come with a complaint to the pastor, it's generally going to be something the pastor did that the pastor should have done. But the truth is, uh, most of the time, when somebody is upset with something that you said, I'm not talking just about pastors, I'm just talking about Christians. um, Chances are, even if what you said was right, the way you said it Mm -hmm. was probably not the best way. Right. And especially if you're trying to... Um, criticize someone, but we call it other words in in the Christian world. Mm-hmm. Things other than criticize. You're you just know. being discerning. Yeah. Or whatever. Um. So I think it is important that you apologize to your kids. I I have never been very good at saying I'm sorry, and I really need to work on that. I mean, I'm I'm one of those that just digs in. I'm talking about more, really more so with you and the kids. With other people, I'm quicker to apologize, but I get very prideful within our own family. I think we're all prideful like that. And, you know, one of my favorite Billy Graham quotes is he said, the hardest place to be a Christian is at home. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true. I think that I deal with other people outside of our home probably in more godly ways than I do with my own people here in this house. Well, we all do that. But when you've, when you've messed up or, you know, I, I say things, I, I'm a jokester. I'm a, tr- I'm a kidder, you know, a true hill snatcher. And when I'm... <laughs> a hill snatcher. That's a Jacob joke. You heard of, have you heard any good Jacob <laughs> jokes lately? <laughs> we were studying that. Adelaide, I guess, I guess the kid, Adelaide and maybe the other kids were studying that whenever Jacob was born. He was grabbing Esau's hill, yeah. the hill snatcher. Anyway, I like to joke with them. I like to play tricks on them. And uh, 
and sometimes I push that too far. And so if I hurt their feelings, I have to say, I'm sorry. So I apologize, and, you know, they always forgive me, and they still like me the next day. Mm. They've never held a grudge. Kids, <laughs> so, are, kids are so quick to forgive. Yeah, I, I really, and I think holding a grudge, you know, you teach your kids how to either get over it or hold a grudge. Mm. And I mean, I'm saying, I'm not saying, hey, get over it if somebody's offended you or hurt you. Don't, I'm not saying just, hey, move on and get over with it. Uh, you've got to work through those things. You've got to do the, you know, there needs to be reconciliation and all, all of that kind of stuff in, in, in those situations. And some things are hard to just get over. Some things you can't uh, just get over. But I'm talking about those petty sorts of things that don't really matter, that we get so bogged down in. And if you're holding a grudge, your kids are learning how to hold a grudge over stupid things. Yeah. You're te- you teach them that. So the other verse, uh, Romans 12, chapter 17, or I guess you can even start up at the verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position and do not be conceited. Here's the, the hard part, verse 17 of chapter 12 in Romans. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written that it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Yeah, I, that verse used to always amaze me. I'm like, what does that mean? Putting coals on someone's head. Um, but you'll 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 make them um, by by the heaping the burning coals on their head. Is, is you you generally uh, in your uh, way that you're treating people that are, that are not reciprocating the love. It does sort of awaken their their conscience to that fact. It, it shames them in, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And they, they're the the burning coals being being their shame um, for having treated you in such a way. But that verse nineteen of chapter twelve, uh, or excuse me, eighteen, as far as it depends on you, and sometimes that means, you know, you can't change the way other people think or the way they feel about you. But if you need to apologize, that does depend on you. Yeah. And you you need to apologize and just make peace. Live at peace with everyone. I think another way you can really demonstrate this to your kids is in your marriage. You know, if you're anything like us, there will be times when your kids see you um, disagreeing. They'll see you fighting, arguing. And by fighting, I mean discussing things in in a non-friendly way. I'm not talking about actually fighting. (laughs) Um so they're going to see you have disagreements. Let them also see you when you reconcile. You know, let them see that. Let them see how you apologize. And Chad and I, you know, we've been married a lot of years now. And most of the time, if we're having a day where we're just really out of tune with each other, everything's rubbing each other the wrong way. We have a tendency now to just step back and say, this is so not fun you know, let's, let's not do this anymore. Let's just forget about it and move on. And yeah. we've gotten a lot better about doing that the longer we've been married. Yeah. And that's another one of those things where 
when you're when you're in the ministry, um, it's the special way that God uh, is working in your life and and using that frustration. Because I would like to just give the silent treatment and be a jerk, but then if if I get real mad and be like I'm leaving, I'm going to work, then I have to go to work at a church. Yeah. Where you can't act like that, so you 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 feel like you're completely, you have you you don't you actually just can't do that, you mm-hmm. can't have that attitude. So when you have that attitude, which you know, you know everybody has that attitude, from time to time, you just have to get over it. You say, well, I can't have this attitude. It doesn't jive with what my life is, and maybe that's where God puts some of us because we're so stubborn, and we're so unspiritual, um, that we wind up in the ministry. <laughs> <laughs> but we we should all have that same kind of spirit where we'd say this this is not uh, the this, this is not me it's as far as it depending it depends on me this is not me living at peace with everyone right especially the one I'm living with well there's so. always when you're a pastor there's always the next sermon coming up oh that then, too yeah and you it's can. you know you i would think it would be hard to get up there and preach if you're really fighting with your wife which we've had experiences you know <laughs> For a funeral, right? A wedding. Was it a wedding or a it funeral? It was a wedding. What, and, were, we, what um, were we fighting over? Do you remember? Yeah, but I don't want to talk about it on here. <laughs> um, was it we bad? We were in Chad's office five minutes before this wedding started trying to get past being so mad at each other. Yeah. And it was just, it was almost comical. Probably was. It was like the wedding was practically waiting on us to figure out how not like, to I've be I've got to go out there and talk about love right now. How am I going to go out there and talk about love right now? We're fighting over, I don't even know what we're fighting over. But that shows you how dumb it was. I don't even remember what it was. So we ended up, you know, just kind of being like, okay, let's just move past it. Let's just forget about it. And we hugged and it was like a really awkward hug. Then I went out there to sit down for the wedding, and you came out with the groom, you know, two minutes before we had been there, you know, <laughs> trying to figure this out. And you looked out there, and you just winked at me, you know, yeah. and I just thought, okay, we're, we're fine. Let's just, let's quit acting like this. <laughs> it was all like, wham, bam, I'm feeling all right. <laughs> Trouble takes a hike in the blink of an eye. Don't need to psychoanalyze or have a stiff drink. All he's got to do is just to give me that wank. Was that it? That was it. Did I get the words mostly right? He did. Yeah. Neil McCoy. Yeah. Yeah, Those were the days. Those were the days. Okay. I think we've thoroughly covered this topic. What do you think? Have we really even talked about it? Say your, tell I get me the more. Just what tell more me, do you want to say about it? I just say, you know, I don't know. Just you, you, you teach your kids <laughs> to say they're sorry. Just wanted to make sure we got that out there. Okay. I am so sorry. Oh, you know what that the, I was trying to cut you off before you were ready. Well, and would one, you please forgive me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one way you can teach your kids to say they're sorry is they can practice on each other. Yeah. We'll be doing a lot of that this summer. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's way was a th- was a, always a threat that she was that she would make us, and we did have to do this like hug and make up. Did you and your brother have to do that? No. We had to actually hug each other and say we're sorry. No, we and didn't. So, have to since do we that. really didn't want to do that, we would just knock off knock off whatever we were doing. Yeah. You know, I want to make y'all hug each other. If y'all don't stop it. <laughs> so, but you can just. 
you know, could go tell me to talk about what a real apology is. That's apparently a big deal right now in the Me Too milieu. There, yeah, <laughs> there's a know, big like a failure on men to be able to give an actual. Uh, I just want to say that I'm really sorry if you were offended. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of apology. Yeah. And I'm surprised anyone still writes an apology like that because I think we've been talking about that that's not really an apology. You're not you're sorry if they were offended, but you're not really sorry for what you did. Yeah. And that's you know maybe with kids because it's a childish way of looking at a grievance. Well, I'm sorry you got upset. You know, it's your problem. Right. Have them really say they're sorry for what happened. Well, um you know, Sawyer and Emerald are both, when they are sorry, they are really sorry. I mean, they are just broken up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might be a good thing to talk to your kids about, because there are times whenever you say to your kids, hey, you know, go tell your brother that you're sorry. And they're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and no, you're it not. It might be worth talking to your kids about, what it means to really have sorrow for what you have done or how you've made someone feel. It's always about, it always needs to come back to how, you know, are you thinking about other people or are you just thinking about yourself? yourself. Yeah. And even in the the selfish apology is no apology. So, well, all right. Well, on that gigantic boom of thunder. I think we've made it before we lost internet service. So if I can get this thing stopped right now, I think that we... We'll have a successful podcast. Yippee. Yippee. Well, we'll see you guys tomorrow for day number 18 on 31 for 31. Thanks for listening. Bye.